All the while my breath is in me, and the Spirit of God is in my nostrils. My lips shall not speak wickedness, nor my tongue utter deceit. God forbid that I should justify you. Till I die, I will not remove my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast, and will not let it go. My heart shall not reproach me so long as I live. Let mine enemy be as the wicked, and he that riseth up against me as the unrighteous. For what is the hope of the hypocrite, though he hath gained, when God taketh away his soul? Will God hear his cry when trouble cometh upon him? Welcome everyone to episode 17 of the Higher Calling Podcast, presented by the Avondale Church of God. We left off our last episode talking about the great cloud of witnesses, the heritage of faith, and keeping faith in God's plan. Hebrews 13 is a conclusion of the letter to Hebrews, and includes themes such as the establishment of the church, the necessity of a God-called pastor, brotherly love, holiness in the home and abroad, endurance, and self-denial. We felt that this excerpt from Job would be an amazing introduction to Hebrews 13, referencing holding on to integrity day in and day out, and rejecting the experience of a hypocrite. Jesus Christ founded the Church of God by a spiritual awakening in the hearts of true believers, and a calling to all the world to repent and call on the name of Jesus to be saved. And then, moving on, receive the Holy Ghost, heavenly power and virtue through complete dedication and a sanctified life. Even as the author of Hebrews called the Jews to be a part of the movement, the same call is going out to the Gentiles and anyone who would be willing. Hebrews 13 verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Let's make a reference to 1 Corinthians 13, uh, the charity chapter. For sake of time, we won't read it, but the word uh, continue here is about enduring the challenges that as brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes our relationship with one another requires grace and charity. The author continues through somewhat of a last-minute checklist of how a Christian should conduct themselves. Verse 2, Be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember them that are in bonds as bound with them, and with them that suffer adversity as being yourselves also in the body. So here we have the famous hospitality of the church, and also support of those called to God's work whose sustenance comes from love offerings of the church members. Then, verse 4, marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers God will judge. Abstinence until marriage is a Bible doctrine. Although the prevailing public opinion has changed in this regard, God's perspective has not. Verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness, and be content with such things as ye have. For he had said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. You know, there's something about the fast food lifestyle of today. The microwave meals, credit cards, two-day free delivery that's hurt society somehow. Patience, dedication, hard work, getting up and being a hero 
has somehow fallen out of pop culture. Contentment with a simple lifestyle is a beautiful thing. You know, covetousness and greed, when they start to eat at the heart, then it's hard to be happy uh, without the latest and greatest gadget. Um, society has stopped looking to God to supply needs, uh, looking to God, seeking grace and patience to stay in God's will. Most feel like they need two or more income families, daycare raising the kids, working weekends instead of going to church, and family values have become a thing of the past. And so here we have Hebrews chapter 13 just going back and pulling out those highlights from the whole book of Hebrews, exhorting exhorting the members of the church to live their utmost for Christ. Verse 7, Remember them which have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. The office of a pastor commands respect and ministers lead their flock, issuing warnings, guidance, and wisdom as they follow Christ. But the flock needs to be bringing their own Bible to church, praying for a witness by the word and spirit to anoint the preached word, too many congregations have followed a leader that was led astray by the praise of men, and not one person realized the danger of apostasy. Verse 8 and 9 are in agreement with this sentiment. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever, be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines, for it is a good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. You know, verses 10 through 13 talk about delayed reward. And to understand it better, let's go back to Hebrews 2, 9 and 10. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste the death for every man. For it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. You know, Christ was the example of suffering for a cause. And as he instructed his disciples to pick up their cross and follow him, that directive is still true today. So Hebrews 13, 10 through 14, we have an altar whereof they have no right to eat, which serve the tabernacle for the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned without the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him without the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city, but we seek one to come. So, the leftover flesh, after the sin sacrifice was completed, was taken outside the camp and burned in the desert. The flesh wasn't thrown away carelessly, wasn't ground up into a tasty dish, was not fed to the birds. Rather, there was an approved method to respectfully care for it. Christ wore a mortal body suffered as the ultimate sacrifice, the ignominy of death, and only after was able to return to his rightful place at the right hand of God. With that being said, 
there are a few sacrifices that Christians are responsible for, giving as a part of our worship, namely praise, well-doing, and good communication. Um, Verses 15-16, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. But to do good and to communicate, forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So look, there's a sequence of comparisons happening here, and it's profound. Ultimately, this 13th chapter is a conclusion of all prior chapters. It's full of personal accountability. It's a call to action. And first, primarily the media audience was the Hebrew nation, Jews, who were familiar with the part of the law of Moses dealing with sin sacrifice. The innocent animal did no wrong, took the place of the filthy human sinner, gave its life's blood instead. The Levites would take the bodies outside the camp, out where the outcasts, the lepers, and the unclean were living, and burn the corpses. So there wasn't anything left for the birds to eat, for scavengers to come by and ravage. Those those beasts were honored in that way, but at the same time, the bodies were technically all used up completely spent their life blood given for the sacrifice. Well, here comes Jesus, and we know about the blood and body of Christ, and the symbol of the Passover lamb, uh, and Christ's blood was spilled for this purpose of sacrifice. But God had a plan to care for Christ's body, and our precious Lord couldn't be left moldering in Joseph's grave. God purposed him to rise on the third day, ascend to heaven, Uh, But Christ, too, like the sin sacrifices, had to suffer outside the gate. And, And for what? Me and you. He was perfectly innocent, but came to earth, put on flesh, and suffered death. So then this analogy of the the sacrificial animal continues to us and this uh this Hebrews 13 says let us go to Christ without the gate let us offer ourselves the sacrifice of praise doing good brotherly love communication with these sacrifices God is well pleased but then look we haven't made it home yet we're still here in our fleshly bodies not inside heaven's gates yet, but God had a successful plan that Christ could bring many sons to glory, and that's in being that living sacrifice. No carnality there left to molder, nothing corruptible left to rot and stink. The danger is in not submitting to God's plan for a good sacrifice, in holding something back and not burning all of it. If we give our all to God's plan, put our heart in His service, There won't be anything left for scavengers of the world to take hold of. We'll make it to heaven, too. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give account, that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Verse 18. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things willing to live honestly. But I beseech you the rather to do this, that I may be restored to you the sooner. Okay. Obey them that have the rule over you. A minister has the responsibility of the watchman on the wall to warn of pending danger. And because the warning comes from God, it's always timely. 
And when, uh, and when you take that warning, there's a sense of satisfaction and, and there's a commendation to the minister of a job well done. And when the flock, the sheep, when they don't take the warning, the wolves get in there and do damage. There's a sadness because of the losses that just didn't have to happen. Verse 20. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make you perfect in every good work to do his will, working in you that which is well-pleasing in his sight through Christ Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. And I beseech you, brethren, suffer the word of exhortation, for I have written a letter unto you in few words. Know ye that our brother Timothy is set at liberty, with whom, if he come shortly, I will see you. Salute all them that have the rule over you, and to all the saints, they of Italy salute you. Grace be with you all. Amen. Written to the Hebrews from Italy by Timothy. Okay, so that was the last verse in this study of Hebrews. All these scriptures put the final touches on what we already mentioned and conclude this study. As we started out with the intro from Job, retaining our integrity should be the number one goal. Not foolish vows, personal motivations, pride and ego, rather the integrity of righteousness. The author asked the audience to suffer the word of exhortation, which means to allow the word to take root in your heart, to accept it, to embrace it, and to take action on it. That's the call to action that all who hear the word of God should heed. And with that, we'll wrap up this podcast. It's been a pleasure, and we trust that you found the discussion both challenging and encouraging. As always, thank you for listening. And if you have any comments or would like to contact us for any other reason, please visit www.csinning.com or email us at biblestudy at avondalecog.org. We love to hear from our audience and would be happy to further any discussion or pray for a need you may be experiencing. See you next time on The Higher Calling, presented by the Avondale Church of God.